Welcome, my friends, to episode six of Cultivator of Weird. I had the pleasure of talking to my good friend and longtime live artist, Adam Dumperfu. Uh, this guy has traveled all across the country and world uh, doing live art shows with some of the biggest names in hip hop. His live art is unreal. His uh, graphic art is incredible. He was based out of Phoenix, Arizona, where we met. Uh, many, many years ago and is now living in uh, Portland. He's got some unbelievable content coming out uh, this week and over the next coming weeks with a bunch of really incredible artists, uh, Jim Mafu being one of them, doing content on uh, live streams during the quarantine. He is an absolute badass artist. Um, and we talk about his time in Phoenix coming up, uh, starting as a promoter and building up the hip hop and art scene in Phoenix, Arizona and then taking that shit on the road. Uh, he is a phenomenal dude and I'm happy to know him. Uh, it was great catching up with him. I really hope you did the episode. I'm just a simple man. I like pretty things. I'm a simple man, really. I'm just a simple man. I like pretty things. I like funny things. I like my hi-hats on eight notes. Basic, don't double up the flow. I ride the beat, you chase it. Yeah. <laughs> Can you hear me, man? Yeah, that was a superhero entrance, dude. Do uh, you want to get into it? Yeah, let's go. All right. Uh, we have the great, prolific uh, content creator, all around badass with uh, a pen and a canvas, Adam Dumberfoot with us. Bless you, Chet. Yes, yes sir. Yes, sir. Um, formerly uh, uh, very prolific around the Phoenix, Arizona area, which is where you grew up, but uh, you're you're now based out of Portland and uh, yep. kind of going back and forth. So, uh, welcome to the show. Thanks, man. Appreciate you having me on. Yeah, man. Um, so, what's going on in Portland right now? Oh, it's pretty weird, you know. Um, they got things locked down to a sense, you know, um, much like everywhere else. Um, you know, the grocery stores are still packed full of people and not, you know, doing the social distancing quite well, you know, um, yeah. and so I think people are starting to get a little lackadaisical out here, you know, starting to go out a little more, like some days you go on the street, you're like, where are all these people doing, you know, so it's, it's kind of crazy, but, um, you know, I think it's hopefully chilling out. I don't know. It's hard to tell. You know? Yeah. We just that, we stay in our house, so I don't know. <laughs> totally, totally. Has being that you know, being that uh, you know, content creating for the most part nowadays. I mean, mm. essentially always, uh, with the exception of the live artwork for you, uh, mm. mostly goes on in the studio. Like, have you seen a dip in work at all, or is are things kind of business as usual? You're just nailing more work than you're delivering yeah. by hand. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I. I saw a dip at the beginning. I got a little worried about it, but then a lot of people came through and, uh, you know, I've been getting a pretty steady amount of work. I'm busy like every day, eight, 10, 12 hours a day sometimes. So, so it's been pretty good. Um, I know I have like a million projects I thought I'd get done while this is happening and I've, they're still all sitting in different areas. Like I got a garden that has a bunch of half starter plants that haven't gone into the dirt yet, you know. <laughs> definitely dying you know all that shit <laughs> but uh yeah it's uh i saw a little dip but uh things have been pretty good you know i've been keeping keep pretty busy luckily yeah. the cannabis industry is flourishing so fools are throwing me product you know packaging design for that stuff and nice yeah, man i'm pretty good yeah 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 so you're are, are you doing like uh label design or, or like mm -hmm. uh overall branding and shit like that yeah, label design and uh, logo design, a uh, lot of stuff like that for uh, a couple of companies, like uh, one of my boy's companies out of Arizona, but he's got stuff all over the U.S., so yeah, I've been working with them and stuff, so been pretty good. Fuck yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, in terms of the overall scope of what you do, you know, the, the graphic design, I think, is a very small but important aspect nowadays of it. But, um, you know, you started out, it's, if my memory serves me correctly as a, a B-boy in, in Phoenix and that kind of 
dropped you into the hip hop scene and then live art came about. But like, mm-hmm. give me a, give me a little breakdown of like how that whole situation kind of escalated from getting sure. kind of indoctrinated into the hip hop culture in Phoenix and then eventually doing massive live shows where you're painting in front of huge crowds, man. It's crazy. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it was a pretty weird start. Um, I think it started like uh, probably like 97, 98-ish yeah. with the live art stuff because uh, me and my partner at the time, uh, business partner, Disco, was a promoter. And uh, we were throwing hip-hop shows at this club called Boston's in, in Scottsdale, Tempe, border area. And uh, we had have DJs over there. And at that time, we were doing bringing people out and having them do art because we had a fenced-in area. So we'd have like graffiti artists come out and paint in the backyard. And then we started getting people with easels in there and painting and shit. So that kind of was like the beginning stages of the live art thing. And at that time, Jim Mafu, the comic book artist buddy of mine, was doing live art with Z-Trip and Radar and Emil with the Bomb Shelter DJs at the time. So uh, he was doing his thing and I was doing mine. And I started having him come over and paint with me over at this spot. And you know, yeah. we were like two people who were doing live art, which we never really saw anywhere else. You know, So at that time, it was kind of a different thing. I think I worked at headquarters head shop at that time so it's a little before we started working at wet paint <laughs> nice but uh yeah that was uh started that thing and uh you know the club promotion stuff started getting bigger and bigger and uh moved into starting to do the blunt club around that time and the uh, blunt club i'm on my 18th year doing that now so that's our hip-hop event that we do and uh we moved out from probably 20 different nightclubs, you know, it's moving around town and shit, trying to find where it's comfortable for a crowd and their people and for us, you know. That's still going on. Still going on, yeah. Amazing, man. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, we have our anniversary in like two, three weeks, our 18 year. Yeah. So at this point, we're like, do we do a live stream of the anniversary? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We wait it out another year and say screw this year and you know, so I think we're going to do a, a live stream of that shit. But yeah, we're, we're still rocking, dude. They make it so easy now to live stream shit. You almost feel like, why not do it, you know? Yeah, that's that's, that's where you got to adapt right now, you know? Like, yeah, live definitely. stream and the live art stuff is uh, live DJing. You know, if you got a talent and stuff, do that. You know, it's, uh, at least entertain your friends. They're stuck at home and shit. You know, like, yeah. we can reach out to our fans and our friends and have a good time and, you know, get on a zoom chat, DJ thing like this. It's, you know, it's a fun time. Yeah. You know, so. I think the first, uh, the, the first dude, and maybe I'm mistaking this, but the first dude I ended up seeing, uh, on that documentary scratch that came out, the duck crate, duck crate uh, was yeah. Mars one doing, mm-hmm. uh, doing live art with, uh, Jurassic five, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I, I could be getting that all wrong, but I'm pretty sure I remember that correctly. Uh, and and it shit blew my mind. Uh, but before that, uh, and before I met you, I didn't I didn't really realize that that was a thing. And you know, yeah, I'm yeah. curious where where did you happen upon it, and like, where did you get? What, what got you into art, and like, what ended up being the catalyst for doing live art with a band, man? Um, I think that uh, at that time. But like before Scratch came out, because I remember that came out way after we were already rocking that stuff. But like, uh, I think it's a West Coast kind of thing, you know, like a lot of people, I don't think have really seen that much back then, you know, on the East Coast or Midwest or much. Yeah. So when we were doing it, uh, I think like, you know, I, I didn't see anybody doing it. We were just like, hey, we got this art skill thing. Let's bring it to the club. And people started we started painting at different club events that we were at and i was like what better way to sell some art when i got you know 300 people that i invited to my hip-hop show over here and i this is my stage so i'm gonna do fucking paintings on here and then you know just kind of work from there and shit and other friends of ours started painting so you know it built up like a collective of artists which we end up starting i think alpha monster at that time way back in the day with like Baron Gordon and a whole bunch of you know local 
Arizona talent artists and stuff. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that's kind of where the live art in force kind of came through. Like mm-hmm. we were a whole collective of like 30 of us and we would go to shows and paint and like just have a whole rows of our asses. Um, I think with the live art thing, moving it around from place to place, Mafu was doing it at the same time with the uh, Z trip and all them. And he was going on like a fast, you know, pace level and shit, painting while Z trip and Radar and M were on stage DJing. I was kind of doing the same thing at the same time, but he was on a, you know, more recognized level with those guys. So sure. that was kind of the start of that thing. And uh, when he started doing Comic-Con events, then we started going, well, after Comic-Con, when we bring the party to a nightclub and get all the comic book artists over there and then do live art and bring all people from Comic-Con to the shit and party, you know, get jacked up and drunk and watch the DJs play and do some painting and shit and sell some art and some merch, you know, so we started doing that. Um, so I think Jim was kind of, you know, saving the words for that. Dream. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It was fun, man. Yeah, and Jim was killing it at the time with that. And he'd bring like big comic book artists. I'd be like, oh shit, you know, I look up to these dudes. So it was fresh to be able to paint alongside people like that and stuff. Yeah. Do so, you remember the first DJ that you painted with? Um, definitely it was Blanc Club, you know, Hyder. You know, yeah, yeah. Me and Hyder started Blunt Club with Emerge McVeigh, and you know, 18 years ago, and started doing live art in there. And Moshe or Jess from Wet Paint mm-hmm. and uh, Jules, I think, was painting over there at the time. So we just kind of all started doing live art over there and showing, putting all our paintings up on the walls, you know, and making it like an art installation. Plus, we had Wet Paint and we had a gallery there, so. Yeah, you know, we could have gallery shows on first Friday or final Friday and have everybody come to our gallery shows and meet more artists and then put all those artists that we like, you know, the top ones into Blunt Club and have them paint over there. So it's like a constant rotation of art, you know. Mm-hmm. That was pretty it's, fresh. It seemed like, uh, you know, I, I was there, unfortunately, for a little bit of the kind of cultural decline a little bit like right at the tail end of because you guys yeah. had, had started all that shit i think quite a while prior to the time that i kind of got immersed in that that scene uh, to a certain degree and yeah. I, I, it, I mean what you're describing sounds like a ridiculous time like kind of the wild wild west of that moment where it was like what we can just do pop-up parties invite people do whatever we want and you had the you know the wet paint gallery and a bunch of other shows going on downtown Phoenix in particular was just mm-hmm. a hotbed for pickup artists and like people so, that would just pop up and do art in random spots mm-hmm. and, and music and, and everything kind of combined. Yeah. When was, it, was there a year specifically when you saw that kind of take a turn and things for some reason just kind of, I don't know, started to Let's say 2000, you know, just after the, the 2000 time, that's right. Yeah. When, we were, you know, all had events going on and the Arizona hip hop scene was killing it through the, you know, later 90s and all through the 2000s, you know, just yeah. got better and better and better. And they had like uh, factions like Mob Action, which is like a DJ artist, you know, MC, uh, graffiti crew, like everybody. So all the top like underground MCs and all those type of people and promoters all were in one faction. So like you threw a show, everybody from drunk and immortals and universal music and all these different, you know, factions and Avenue, the arts crew, all these rap groups would all be there and they're yeah. significant others, no matter what. So if you had a hip hop event, you were in mob action, that collective of crew, you know, 300 people at your show, no matter what. And plus, you know, you had, nitty gritty crew they were doing graffiti and showing their artwork all over the wall so you could buy like little 10 20 30 40 dollar little graffiti pieces from you know some artists that are huge like l mac right now is painting all over the world yeah so they had tons of dope graffiti artists from arizona that would be showing art and that type thing and then 
the live artists painting over there. Those graffiti artists come and do live painting shit, you know, so yeah, it's a little different type of species. I, I remember uh, pretty, pretty uh, uh, specifically being at a, a, a Christmas party at Blunt Club or a Thanksgiving party at Blunt Club with you and Z Trip was DJing. And then I walked up to a conversation where you were talking to L Mac and made a fool out of myself because I had had too many drinks and I was just, I was, I was going way too, I was going way too hard on the compliments and he's a very humble dude. So he was, he was letting, he was letting me, uh, he was letting me, you know, run my, run my thing, but I could tell that he was uncomfortable. So I, I exited quickly, but, uh, yeah, man, there was some fucking huge, huge, uh, uh, cats that came out of that, that scene. It, it was a pretty cool moment. It still is, man. I mean, 18 years later, you guys are still running blood club. Yeah. Um, I mean, what's you, a good, good, uh, link for, you know, everybody's touring from the, you know, from the West coast to the East coast and they're all coming through there. And yeah, you know, I, I got all these DJs, MCs, like, you know, I'm bringing through the Wu Tang clan. I'm bringing, I got public enemy playing at our 300 person venue spot. You know, it's like crazy rap groups that I'm bringing through here all the time. It's a promoter with my partners, Pixter and Doug quick. So like we had this hotbed for hip hop and entertainment. So we're like, you know, doing the live art thing. It's like, selling paintings left and right and chilling and you know getting your name out there and working that type of situation yeah and then Is, when i became part of drunken immortals and uh started touring with those guys then we were doing like scribble jam and south by southwest and traveling all over you know doing 40 50 state tours you know yeah so like all over the u.s traveling and doing art and shit like that pretty fucking wild dude is there is there a a stage or like a moment in particular you remember just kind of like because you got your back to the crowd the whole time is there a moment where you were on stage with a group and you were painting and you kind of got because i know you get locked into what you're doing when you're Mm -hmm. working and you get locked into the music was there ever a moment where you turned around and looked at like three thousand cats and were just like holy fuck (laughs) (laughs) nah definitely like uh you know, that's, that is part of it. Like you're doing live art. So like you're, everyone's staring at you. So it's like, if you fuck up, you know, they're, they're all going to see it, you know, so can't really fuck up or, you know, if you do fuck up, try to make it look like you're not fucking up. Yeah. Yeah. Play it off. But, play it off. <laughs> yeah. You know, play it off, run it up, you know, but yeah, it's kind of, it definitely gets you over your fears and, uh, it's exhilarating, man. Like being up there with the music and, you know, being a part of the the shit, like you're up there, just only you and the DJ hearing what's going on and the MC or whatever's going on. So you're like fully in tune with everything. You can hear what's going on behind you. You hear yeah. people giving you props or whatever, telling you to fuck off or whatever's going on, you know, so <laughs> that's all there. So, you know, it's like you're in it. But uh, I don't think there's anywhere where it was ever any like, damn, I'm totally jacked us up i'm sure it's probably a couple of shows like that no 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 i I, I was curious if you had uh if you had a moment where you were where you had that holy shit i'm here moment where you were like on stage with a group that you were really into the painting was going you were locked and loaded Mm -hmm. kind of like getting into that slow state and then you Mm -hmm. turn around and kind of had that moment where you were like oh shit yeah yeah that would definitely be the public enemy show oh fuck yeah, that was like uh, the Woodrow's wild situation. We went over and we heard Public Enemy was playing uh, Chuck D. Flavor Flav, the whole band. They're on tour with X Clan. Then they were at a comic book shop because Flavor uh, Public or Chuck D. was signing a new comic book he just put out. So Atomic Comics had him out over there. So me and my boy Doug were like, uh, we heard that their show afterwards got canceled. They had like some big, you know, event, marquee theater or something like that. Sure. And they, we knew they got paid like in advance to do the show and they're just going to dip out to Cali next after this thing. So we're like, let's go down here and just throw it at them. Like, you want to play a blunt club type of thing. So we're like, it's probably not going to work. They're probably going to laugh at us or whatever. So we rolled down there. You guys went to a comic book shop and hustled public enemy into a show. Yeah. 
And, <laughs> and we rolled up on. <laughs> well, first we rolled up and uh, they were setting up outside to have a little small little concert outside of it. You know, sure. it's like Chuck D and Flavor Flav and do a couple songs for all the people who are there. They're getting autographs. And we saw X-Clan over at the tour bus. And we're like, oh, shit, we know those guys. So went over and talked to them. And they were like, yo, you think uh, you could hook us up with their manager? And she would want to see if they want to play over here at Blunt. We got much money, but, you know, we can kick them down, you know, a few thousand dollars or something. So they're like, yeah, let me to talk to Chuck. We're like, oh, shit, we're going right to the man right now. So they went He's in there. talking and to Chuck. Yeah, <laughs> talking to Chuck. About to happen. You know, laugh at us or something, you know. So Holy shit. they went in and talked to Chuck. And then Chuck was like, yeah. But I got to ask one person. I got to I got to talk to Flavor and see if he's down. But he was like, I'm down. Like we're like, holy fuck! So we're halfway there, you know. Yeah. So we were like, waiting for Flavor Flav. We was at the Red Lobster down the street and shit. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they're setting up their shit. And uh, Chuck did like one song out front. You know, their shit's popping. Or Flavor Flav's running late from Red Lobster. He comes walking down the street with his red lobster bib on and shit, rolling up. He's like, oh, shit. And they're like, okay, Flavor Flav's here. And then they start rapping. I see them, too, like, kind of talking in between sets and shit. And then about three, four songs in, they're like, yo, check us out tonight at the Blunt Club. You know, and oh. like, fuck, all right, so it's happening now. I guess. It's locked. Yeah, so this was in the MySpace days. So, you know, you we had to like get on the phone and like <laughs> text our homies and shit and then get on MySpace and like flood it with like, oh, Blunt Club, Flavor Flav, Chuck D, Full Public Enemy at Blunt Club tonight. And I had to run back and get shit set up because I was painting with Trump and Immortals. We were opening up for the band for Public Enemy and yeah. they're playing our equipment. Then I had to like take care of like, I have Chuck D, the S1Ws fucking i got like 400 people standing outside the venue and we pulled up there was a line all the way down the to the freeway and shit in front of the club Damn. it was crazy we're like fuck dude and we you know two 250 person venue there was like 400 people outside we're like shit so yeah. we, we were letting them in <laughs> the security and everybody's like dude this is fuck like what are you doing to us you know so i had to sit up and uh do the live art thing. And that was the point when it was like women were like fainting and shit in the front row because it was so hot. <laughs> when Flavor Flav came out, they were passing out, like freaking out, like people were bugging. <laughs> yeah, and then that's that was one of the moments where I was like, holy shit, pain in front that's of it. there's a lot of people and this fucking energy is like, <sighs> you know, yeah, it was fucking nuts. Pretty There's wild. a gang of people that watched the show from the parking lot, right? Because you guys yeah. had the doors open for the patio, and there was a fence around the patio, so there was like 150 yeah. people in the parking lot that couldn't get in. Yeah, yeah, there's people standing in line out there, like, sorry, you know, like we're way past capacity. Fire marsh called right now. We're fucked. Like, you should have yeah. checked your MySpace earlier. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like this is uh, you should have knew. <laughs> should have been in the know at the moment. Yeah, it was man, that's crazy. wild. That's wild. Yeah. Some wild things. Uh, what was it like? I, I know uh, this is not something that, from you know, just a a cheese standpoint um, that you wouldn't do or advertise. But uh, when Snoop Dogg was building his last house, I know you painted a piece for him and went down there and like kicked it with him and delivered it. Like, what was that like? Yeah. Oh, it was super crazy. Um, a buddy of mine uh, had a oh shop over in tempe where he would make uh like cars and stuff into furniture mm -hmm. like it was like a chop shop like funky furniture kind of spot and he'd hit me up like hey man i got this fucking crazy gig i'm building this fucking couch out of a 57 cadillac you know with the wing back and yeah, i'm gonna yeah. put a couch in there with purple velular and this purple car and I'm going to fucking chop the rear end off and this is a trunk and make it into a couch. And he's like, it's for Snoop Dogg. I'm like, fuck, that's fucking crazy, dude. That's awesome. Like, I'll help you out, you know, doing whatever I can, help you put, you know, stuff in there. He's like, well, I wanted to see if you want to come and paint at Snoop Dogg's house, too, because we're going to be on this TV show called Man Caves. And I'm like, fuck yeah, dude. Like, for real? Yeah. <laughs> 
He's like, yeah, we leave tomorrow. And I was like, shit, dude. Like, yeah, I, I got to fucking figure out the hell I'm going to paint. Like, you know, it's like, yeah. paint for Snoop Dogg. We're leaving tomorrow. Get over to my shop. Help me fucking build this fucking back into the car. It's not even halfway there. So we were up like all night working on the diamond tuck fucking seats on the thing and glue and shit in there and made like these stash spots on the side for his bong to go in there. Uh, super <laughs> badass. I think I could probably put the background on me. You can see what the couch looks like here. I, I'm pretty sure I, uh, when you, when you originally posted it, I saw the majority of the pictures, including the piece, but yeah, I'm going to check it out again. Yeah, here's the couch right here. Beyond my head. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So, this oh, is the wild. couch that went up in his crib, and then uh, they uh, had a paint, me paint out front of there for the man cave show. Sorry, it's dropping the thing. Oh, it's painted, uh I mean, this is like old school dumper shit, so it's not my best work when I was a kid, but <laughs> no, I sit still hanging at his house when now, and still to this day, I still see him like posting videos and shit up. And it'll be in the background? Yeah, it'll still be on there. I'll be in there like playing video games and shit. They put like a video game thing in there. But basically, he was doing all this shit from this little tiny shed outside of his house in diamond bar california so you had yeah. like this little ass shed you walk in here like you could hit your head it's hella small and you play video games in there and then man caves like we're gonna build him a full-on like badass fucking like room outside of his crib right below his little studio there and yeah. uh yeah we went over there and chilled all day we were there like 18 hours or some shit on set filming in his yard and kicked it with like his kids and played basketball and chilled. And he was there kind of watching me do live art and shit during the day. I was like a hundred fucking 20 outside there. It was so fucking hot that day, but it was a super crazy experience. And, uh, yeah, I was on that Snoop Dogg man caves episode. So if you ever watch that show, you see me pop up on here <laughs> once in a while. It was super funny when he saw it, they're like, Snoop Dogg, what do you think of the painting? He's like, lifestyles of the rich and famous. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> that's, <tight. laughs> uh, that's ridiculous. Oh, shit, that's fresh as fuck. <laughs> is, is he just smoke nonstop, or is that some shit that people just talk about? Hell yeah. I remember when he came downstairs and we were, all got there to the house, we were kind of sitting. It's got like this garage port kind of thing, and it's got like a studio and kind of like a little pyramid thing coming off the side of his house and yeah we just smell a weed down below there so we're just like chilling on a patio and shit like he's ah, <laughs> up there smoking weed right now and then all of a sudden like about an hour later you hear some music like bumping and shit and all of a sudden you see some socks with some flip-flops on coming down the stairs i'm like <laughs> like here comes that motherfucker right now and he walk by oh, and he's smoking a joint he looked at it, he's like what's up nephew and he's like smoking his joint and shit and just walked by and we're like, oh shit, it's Snoop Dogg right there. Shit. Oh man. So yeah, it was super fun. And then he was kicking it, like trying to learn how to use the fucking table saws and shit with the man cave people and they're filming them. And he was filming that uh Snoop Dogg TV show he had at the same time too. Family yeah. Values. Yeah, so yeah. Family Values TV crew there and his crew or man cave crew. So it was like a fucking madhouse over there all day. So it was pretty crazy, dude. But yeah, that, yeah, that was a fun experience. That's awesome, man. I, there, there's there's a a weird there's a weird I, I think uh, moment when you have this person in front of you that you've seen mm -hmm. your entire life. Yeah, I feel like it. It almost uh, it, it's almost a de stressor for some people because mm -hmm. if, if you're you know if you're uh, socially aware. Mm -hmm. you're not the type of person that's going to overstep your boundaries because you feel like yeah. you're already like, same time you're like it's fucking yeah. Snoop you know yeah. it's like yeah and I'm usually cool around stars and stuff like that but I was like it's like Snoop Dogg dude yeah man yeah, yeah trying yeah. to try and maintain your cool around the coolest is <laughs> you know it's, it's tough it's fucking yeah. tough man. 
Is yeah. there a is there a group that you can? I, I this might be tough off the top of your head, or maybe you think about it on a regular basis. Is there a group uh, that you haven't toured with or like painted with that you've always wanted to? Like, what's the ideal tour that you could go on? Uh, yeah, I haven't done like uh, I, I'm definitely a fan of the event called the Do Over in uh, in California in LA and mm-hmm. shit. I like that event um i mean pixar is dj at the view over but uh, mm-hmm. i'm a, I'm a big fan of that event that'd be something i'd like to get on and do some shit with you know travel around with those guys and they basically have like everybody from you know jazzy jazzy jeff to you know dj craze or whatever you know they, they kind of got the creme de la creme of djs that i'm into you know um I like to do some more stuff in New York. I've been to New York uh, two years ago for the first time and did some stuff with uh, Miller Lite and beer, beer down there. Did some live art with them and uh, kicked it. And my homegirl, Natasha, did is stolen a horn. And, uh, somewhere in New York, I don't know where her thing is at, but she's got like all the dopest DJs and MCs and stuff over there. But, you know, just little things like that. But no big act that i can think of is i painted on stage with tons of you know just because we usually threw the show and i would be like one of the live painters who would come out and paint with like whatever rap group and the underground hip-hop kind of feel there was you know so yeah yeah but it's, all that uh, it was fun you know well do, do you feel like um you know i i know there was like a, a a really solid pop for like underground hip hop and graffiti art and, you know, B-Boys in like the early 2000s. And that seemingly has kind of like fizzled a little bit and gone the, the, you know, the stream has kind of like edged more towards weird, new colorful hair, fucking mumble rap shit. (laughs) Is there, is there, (laughs) is there a part of you that, that, um, I don't know. How, I mean, how do you feel about that? Like, do you, do you, is it, does it bother you at all that like this kind of cultural movements like that come and go and they're trendy? I feel like. Yeah. I think, yeah, everything's kind of had its trends and it works its way through and then sticks and then moves on and it morphs into other shit, you know? Like, I remember when the, the, the beat scene, like everybody, little young producer cats coming into the scene, and we started putting that into the Blunt Club and adding that element. Or when the whole kind of glitch scene came into the scene, and Doug kind of moved our way around and started putting like Glitch Mob and uh, you know Bass Nectar and all those kind of cats into our spot. Flying Lotus, you know, we kind of move around with whatever is the new new shit with the mumble rap kind of scene, we tried, <laughs> tried to get some of that into blunt, but we were like, now we're sticking to our fucking roots. Like this is, sure. You know, we do this style of DJ, mostly DJ Dan. Like you know, people come there and shake their ass, you know, have fun, but we'll sprinkle that stuff into the sets, you know, like, yeah, you got to play what's, what's hot now and what's fresh, you know, and, you know, keep the booties shaking and shit, but still we got to maintain our originality of our event you know yeah i think for for all the the trendy shit that's out too if you're looking Mm -hmm. for it there's there's still a massive amount of people putting out really dope music you know between thunder thundercat and fucking fly low and uh, i mean is there anybody else right now you're really fucking uh uh like really going out for it like what what Uh, are you getting to right now (laughs) I switched my my uh, shit into dad rock. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. Are you are you painting? Yeah. Are you painting shit the foreigner? I'm just fucking going full fucking yacht rock. <laughs> ah, that's amazing. I'm yachting it up. We're trying to trying to start our own yacht rock thing up here. <laughs> but yeah, I listen to a little bit of everything. But um, yeah, I've been just fucking haven't been doing too much hip hop shit lately. It's kind of in our old man's age thing and then got some homies up here we're like let's just play fucking shitty yacht rock and fucking drink beer and have an event that goes from 6 to 10 p.m 
get all the old people out of there, have AARP fucking discounts on drinks, you know, fucking. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, there's nothing, there ain't nothing wrong with getting down to a little hollow notes, man. Yeah, a little hollow notes, man. But like having DJs really rocking that shit. Yeah, yeah, for yeah. sure. But uh, uh, yeah, and there's some, there's tons of, you know, new fucking shit out right now that, you know, I, I'm bumping the, I got Spotify full of shit that I'm all over the fucking board on. I do like the, uh, a lot of funk stuff still, you know, mm-hmm. I still like that, you know, the, the old school breaks and funk shit. So, and still collect records and stuff like that when I can, but, you know, try to listen to weird shit nowadays. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's, it, you know, one of the things that uh, I, we never kind of had growing up, you know, you would have to, you'd have to ride a, a pretty long ways to get like a good hip hop or a graffiti mag. You would have to buy tickets to a show to see a DJ. And now you can watch, you know, DJ shadow, um, you know, uh, uh, craze, um, fucking eight track. All these guys do these live sets from their home studios on Instagram. And it's like, yeah. man, it's, it's a fucking it. treat. Yeah. yeah. It's amazing. I think this is really cool because right now, you know, even though shit's all fucking chaotic out there, people are really touching on the artistic side of shit and like adapting. And uh, there's like these beat battles and shit, like Premiere and RZA, you know, like all these things. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Watch that. That was so dope. Yeah. As I was painting live on the Zoom thing with people from all over the world at the same time, and I'm like, are people going to be tuning into what we're doing right now? Because fucking Premiere and RZA are battling. So I'm totally. Yeah, yeah. Thing, but yeah that's 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 just dope and i i see other people are doing it now like even on a uh i think i saw puffy is trying to battle dr dre or something stupid like that. oh my so, god you know like <laughs> crazy like what's next what's gonna be next oh man you're gonna have like, knife fucking, to a gunfight yeah you're gonna have like dead rappers fighting each other <laughs> in boxing t- and shit live on stream <laughs> Guru fights the Tupac hologram. Exactly. Hologram <laughs> battles. <laughs> uh, that's ridiculous. <laughs> um, so I, I just, I, I, we've been talking about it a lot. We probably should have prefaced this before, but like when you're going into like a live painting situation, you're legit setting up on stage and painting something from the start of the set. So whenever you finish from basically scratch, like you set up a sketch and then build from there. I don't think a lot of people really understand what goes into that. And uh, I don't know, just kind of break down your process, man. Like how do you sure. handle it? Um, yeah, usually like when I was on tour of Drunken Immortals or the Insects, uh, I would have to, we'd show up to the venue, set up, you know, sound check and shit. Uh, I was on when I was on tour, I didn't really have time to sketch or I have to think about what I'm gonna do in my mind to when I'm going to the next city, you know, because we'd be in the fucking car all day driving from city to city. But basically, you just gotta kind of think of what you're gonna do, get to the club there early, set up. You know, most guys go back to the hotel room and go to sleep or take a fucking nap or whatever, get some food. I gotta go straight in figure out the hell I'm going to draw, get all my fucking supplies out, figure out what fucking colors I got left from, you know, my 30 days of being on the road or whatever. And, uh, set up, pencil my shit out. And then later when the shit comes on the actual show, the event, I usually have about 20 or 30 minutes to paint something like end to end 30 by 40 inches. So like it's, it's fast. So I got to like haul fucking ass. And make it look like it's fucking done when it's over because who wants to watch somebody paint all night like I'm painting an eyeball, you know, and it takes fucking <laughs> the whole fucking show, you know. It's like, dude, but like, yeah, this dude came up here, knocked a fucking painting out and rap and gave us a fucking show and you know, thirty minutes flat. And then at the end of it, pulled the thing off fucking stage and sell it right there in the spot or you know, throw it in the back of the van with the other shit that hasn't sold, you know, so but usually everywhere we went, that would sell something. So that was pretty dope to get stuff all over. And usually that was funding the burgers and food for the fucking rest of the band. Because, you know, we usually pool the money 
from every sure. show. So like a lot of my homies want to get paid until we fucking land it, you know? Yeah. And like they're on yeah. tour the whole time. Dumpers fucking feeding hamburgers, uh, painting money, you know? So that was a good thing. Um, but yeah, like the process was fast. Had to knock it out quick. Nowadays, I'm like, take my fucking time a little bit more, you know? Um, they get a little more intricate on what I'm doing. And, uh, you know, I'm getting old and shit. My body's hurting. I'm not trying to fucking haul ass, you know, do the quick paint shit no more. But yeah, yeah. it's an interesting process, you know. And, and also, you know, talk yourself into, you know, you got this kind of situation in your own fucking head. You're going on stage in front of, you're in Chicago or something. You don't know anybody there. You know, you got to coast yourself up to get on stage and like you're obviously here for a fucking reason and go out there and fucking do it you know, yeah. instead of having doubts because we have doubts in your mind all fucking time pain's gonna come out like shit you know so you gotta kind of clear your head don't drink before you do it you know like have, have drinks afterwards keep your mind straight go and fuck kill it you know? so yeah victory cocktails <laughs> yeah yeah there are some some nights where we're just shit hammered all the time, and I'm like, I can't fucking do this. I got to be focused, <laughs> otherwise we ain't making no money, you know. So, sure. but yeah, yeah, it's fun though. Yeah, it's a weird process though. <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, I feel like you generally have a whole toolbox full of shit when you show up, but anytime I've seen you work, you have like a few. There's like a few, uh, like select colors that you're using you, you it, well go i mean go through the arsenal so like you set up to paint um mm-hmm. what does the typical layout look like and what are you using yeah i usually use like a pencil it out with like a 4h pencil that's like a hard line pencil so that mm-hmm. like if i'm putting uh which i use liquid acrylics like fw liquid acrylics mm-hmm. so uh then those are pretty hard to find a lot of places so like if you're out in the Midwest somewhere and looking at an art store, you're probably not going to find that. So I usually had to buy a shitload of those and they're pretty pricey. They're like $9, $8 a bottle. And one cup could last you two paintings probably of one color, you know, so you got to kind of know how much you're going to have to lay down for each fucking canvas. So you have to know that, um, the liquid acrylics would go on and they could dry in, you know, real fast, if you go over them with a paper towel, you can dry them. But if it's wet and sticky and cold or high altitude, those kind of things can fuck with your shit. Like if I paint in Flagstaff, Arizona, my paints would, you know, it's cold out, they would drip. Like a, trying to get a nice clean line and be like, just drip, paint pens yeah. explode on your shit because like high altitude, I get the pressure. Yeah. Yeah. So those are things that you learn through doing it. But uh, I use the liquid acrylics, and then I use a foam brush, probably like a one-inch, two-inch, or a three-inch. And I do the fill first, like the background, and I do the shadows. And if there's more and more layers of shadows, you know, change the colors up. And then usually at the end, I do the black thick line work and shit like that. So it pops, you know, so... Yeah, nice. Are you are you uh for for the thick the thick black? Are you using uh like like a mag marker, or what are you using for that? Um, for the, I usually use like a pilot sometimes, but, uh, lately, like in the last, like five or six years, I've been trying to hit it with, uh, with like foam brush and just black ink on it or like it's super thick stuff or brush. So I'm going to get a little more cleaner and line work on that. Nice. Like a clean brush, but yeah, back in the day doing a live art stuff and it's in a 20, 30 minute range. I'm going to use a fat jumbo black pilot marker because it's going to be a super black coverall and glossy. And I like them thick fucking, you know, poppy lines and shit. Yeah. Yeah. And in terms of like, Hmm. in terms of like the the shit that you come up with to paint, I know there's probably a randomness to it, but Hmm. there's a lot of hot, there's a lot of hot women. Uh, <laughs> there's a there, there's a select like uh, uh, kind of uh, character style that you have. Uh, wh- where did that come from, man? Like, is there a Rolodex that you have of characters, or you pull inspiration as you go? Like, where does that come from? Yeah, kind of 
pull inspiration out of photographs of people as I go. Kind of like if I see a cool pose or something, you know, on a photo, I'll use that as a base. But um, usually they don't end up looking anything like the person that I'm starting with anyways, because I don't have a photograph of them while I'm doing it anyways. So, uh, yeah. And, uh, yeah, the skulls and, and weird characters and shit like that. That's the stuff that I know I can go to super easy because I can draw those all day, you know. So it's just kind of like stuff I've been doodling since I was like in eighth grade, probably, you know, mm-hmm. so this kind of stuff there. My uh, father got me into doing art when I was in kindergarten, pretty much. So oh, my dad and my mom and most of my whole family tree is all artists. So he always had like kind of artistic homes and stuff like that. So there was always uh, art was always around. And I'd look at my dad's like crazy cartoony monsters and shit he would draw in his black book when I was like in kindergarten I can remember yeah. and I was like dude I, I want to fucking do this you know? so sure. I just kept going with it the whole time you know so was there uh was there like a, a specific like group or or individual that you can remember being like holy shit like uh I remember uh, the first time in like my freshman year of high school getting on artcrimes.com for the first time that my friend told me about and his shit just blew my mind as I, you know, I, I grew up in the Bay area. So you ride the barge yeah. into the city off the Oakland line, you're seeing all these dudes, you know, but I found Oh man. But you know, I found people from around the world and all these different styles and it fucking blew my mind. Um, but I had always been into comics and shit, Frank Frazetta and Jim Lee and, uh, but is there someone specifically for you where you were like, fuck, man, that's ridiculous. And you tried to like draw their shit constantly and, and <laughs> yeah. at it. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. Like back when I was, uh, you know, I'm 47 fucking years old now. So I'm pretty old. So like shit back when I was, I thought it was cool when I was a kid was, uh, uh, heavy metal magazine. Oh like man. Mad magazine. So, uh, in heavy metal, there was tons of artists and that in France that it was near, of course, but, uh, I always liked Bodie, you know, so, mm-hmm. um, and he always had fresh stuff in there. So I'd always try and draw that. And like, uh, yeah, my dad, it's probably more of the, the real influencer, you know, sure. and, uh, yeah, he always had badass little cartoony characters and shit. So I was like, I want to do that. You know, so, yeah, but I, I think probably heavy metal was probably in that first part. Later, as I got older, graffiti that I saw around town in Chicago when I moved to Arizona when I was like eight or nine years old. Uh, I wasn't, I was, my uncle was doing art and stuff. So I wasn't, I was kind of into it, but not as much. My grandpa, too. And then when I got into high school, that's when I started getting into like doing graffiti and breakdancing and all that shit on the yeah. west side of town in Arizona. So. Fuck man, yeah i I remember uh, I, I remember specifically getting you know because back when you were really young, you would get your hands on that stuff and like your parents didn't want you reading Mad Magazine and and fucking heavy metal, you know what I mean? Like it felt it felt dangerous. It was like getting your hands on your first Playboy almost. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and and I had all of them though. <laughs> oh, fuck yeah, hell yeah. And you would hide them. Yeah. Oh um, no, they they would hook them up. Oh, nice. Nice. Yeah, I didn't know I could, I would draw that shit in there and stuff. I was like, but yeah, there was always some, some beauty stuff in there, but I would always be like, can you take me to go and get a heavy metal magazine? <laughs> you gotta buy it though. <laughs> yeah. And some bubble chew. Um, yeah. Oh, man. Um, no, no, no. There, and, and then, you know, there was shit like, um, that fruits the cat movie i remember oh, yeah, yeah. that tripped me the fuck out i, I just yeah. i saw that and uh and, and like uh, you know shit like that like risk mm-hmm. risky fucking weird trippy illustration uh yeah, sure. blew my mind man and i was yeah. like wow this is this is nuts mm-hmm. definitely I, and like saturday morning cartoons and we were growing up yeah 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 all that shit. you know we had ill cartoons every saturday morning you could watch they were inspirational you know so yeah, for sure. Like nowadays, and I don't know what the hell they have for kids to watch on a Saturday morning, you know. So, 
It's like we grew up in like the the icon pop art icon shit of for those amazing, you know, it's amazing shit out there when we were kids. Yeah. So is there do you remember watching Adult Swim at all? Mm-hmm. Most definitely. There was some badass shit on Adult Swim, man. I used to fucking love that. And and, and totally. Kind of now nowadays I don't even have I don't have a cable box, so I don't get cable television. I mean you can mm-hmm. find all kinds of shit on YouTube, but I remember just oh, yeah. late at night when everybody was asleep, I would be up on the mm-hmm. couch and I would just pop on Adult Swim and be like, Oh, this is the fucking best. This is ultimate. Yeah. And uh, MTV had that ill shit like Aeon Flux and all yes. that stuff. Yes. Liquid oh. television. Jim Mafood had a cartoon on Liquid Television too. Like this funk, funk dude, this funk destroyer, I think was it called? Yeah, yeah. Super fresh cartoon and shit, all animated. It was so dope. Yeah. Did you happen to catch um, when DJ Shadow and Cut Chemist were doing Renegades of Rhythm? Did you happen to catch that? Mm -hmm. Oh, man. I was super. I caught them at Irving Plaza here. And Africa Bombada was sitting upstairs in the mez watching the show and uh, the, the visuals from that and, and the, you know, the iconography and, and obviously the fucking music. They pulled everything from his record collection totally. and just transformed it into this unreal fucking piece of like, yeah. it, it was, I, I still say that that's one of my top five shows of all time. And I've seen thousands of concerts live. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That's that's definitely, I would say, probably one of the top shit, for sure. Like, it's got this whole record collection just rocking all their shit. Like, it's fucking insane. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Who's doing Who's doing shit that, like, that that really, really blows your mind right now? Is there, does anyone specifically come to mind in terms of, like, art or music that's, like, really hits a chord for you? Like, mm. Nobody I can really think of off the top of my head, but I have seen some crazy stuff like that, you know, that people have done, you know, kind of did something like that too, where he did, uh, I think it was like two days or three days worth of playing records nonstop, like going through all this fucking archive of shit, all of his records, you know, it's who, crazy. Who is this? Uh, Peanut Butter Wolf. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think it was I think it was like three days or something like that of fucking playing nonstop fucking tracks, just all vinyl, like just crazy shit like that. I like watching people push the envelope like that, but mm-hmm. nobody I can really think of right now. Uh I don't really scan that much through the internet anymore these days. I'm like it's too busy. <laughs> I'm like once I'm done working, I'm like going to bed now, chilling or yeah, yeah, yeah. lounging out, you know. Did you uh did you hear about the the sunset amoeba music closing down permanently? Yes, yes, yeah. yeah. That's a fucking bummer, man. Fucking sucks. It's weird. I just saw my friend William Reed just posted uh they're like had a picture of it from across the street, like, oh, they're about to open up the new one. Yeah. And I just saw him today, like, rest in peace. I'm like, damn, I remember he just posted that like two weeks ago or three weeks ago, and actually probably a month ago now. Every day it seems like a who knows what fucking day it is anymore but yeah that sucks man the end of a legacy right there i just i I feel like those are the type of things where if there was ever a reason to crowdfund anything like you know get a gofundme page together whatever you got to do because there's you know i remember seeing shit when i was in uh hollywood i remember seeing uh merce live at the hollywood uh amoeba music Mm -hmm. Um, and uh dell at berkeley you know no fucking so many great shows there and uh it just it's it's a bummer that that these places are fucking going down in the midst of all this you know yeah for sure i know there's uh some guys in phoenix uh guy owns a rhythm room or a rebel rebel lounge and then Universal Music, which is like Mike Horowitz and my boy Picture and a whole bunch of clubs out there. I think there was like 150 nightclubs across the U.S. or something like that. They're mm-hmm. trying to push a bill us to uh, to Congress right and to try and raise funds for the music industry situation. Yeah. Because you got to think groups that 
we're on tour right now that we're missing are gonna it's gonna take a while for them to get back onto doing another tour and rooting it through. So clubs are depending on you know millions of dollars of revenue of these acts coming through to their club, like they're screwed now, you know. So and my boys Universal Music, their entire revenue for their company is throwing shows and festivals and concerts and shit and yeah Arizona and they're like they got the pulled rug pulled right out from underneath them you know so it's so many people yeah yeah I mean it, you know even it, 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 it goes it kind of goes all the way up to the top I I, I heard from a pretty mm-hmm. trusted source that like a lot of the a lot of the ticketing uh the larger ticketing groups mm-hmm. between you know uh yeah. Ticketmaster and all of them uh since since the uh the the time frame has been so um like exponentially pushed and pushed and pushed mm. they've gotten to a point where people are just demanding refunds and mm. that's money that they kind of use to fold into other shows and other promotions just yeah, like yeah. smaller guys yeah so they're they're pretty close to filing for bankruptcy man i mean it's yeah, for sure. it's pretty wild it's it's crazy yeah. the trickle down kind of effect mm. that this whole thing is having but most well, so. um, it's weird too, like television, what's television and movies going to be in a year or so because everybody can't produce right now or do anything. So it's like, what are we going to have to binge on your Netflix fucking binge? Yeah. Say three, four or five months. Yost um, time they record probably what a year before I would assume. Yep. But, you know, I'm, I'm imagining we're going to have like this era of fucking reruns or something. Yeah. You know, <laughs> fucking suck, dude. It's not the worst thing for people to start watching Cheers again. You know what I mean? Yeah, true story. <laughs> um, no, I, I, I think one of the, you know, one of the, the crazy things to consider is like, you know, once, once people do get back to normal, like, I mean, AMC is, is kind of on their last leg. They're about to file for bankruptcy. That's 600 theaters across the nation. Big time, man. And, yeah. And even when they do open back up, like nobody's been filming for the last four months. So where's totally. the content going to come from? You know what I mean? Exactly. It's fucking crazy. You're going to have to go to uh, showing like B films and, you know, like do like uh, a lot of, a lot of theaters out here show fucking work be crazy fucking movies anyway. So yeah. You know, and most of our theaters are six, seven theaters of beer and you can eat a steak and you can watch some weird ass movie from 1982 Fuck yeah. Chase and his uncle, you know, so it's like there's uh, so here there's a minimal amount of big theater kind of situations. But mm-hmm. I mean, for them to adapt, I would say you better start pulling out old fucking movies and trying to sell that ticket to that shit. Yeah. To maintain if and when you ever reopen, because who knows, this could last like another year or so, you know. I mean, until things are like completely yeah. normalized, I, I exactly. think you might be right. Um, yeah. So you can what, get a theater full of 200 people or 100 people, you know, so, or yeah. thousands, you know what I mean? Thousands. Yeah, 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 for sure. It's a petri dish. <laughs> what is, uh, what, what's Portland been like for you, man? Like leaving Phoenix and being a lot of different places, is it, is it kind of similar to Portlandia in, a, in, in so many ways? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You watch that, that fucking TV show. It's very much like that. It's pretty crazy. We watched we watched those that shit when we first moved out here. And we're like, damn, that's fucking people out here. It's crazy. I know. But, uh, you know, a lot of people out here hate that fucking show too. But <laughs> but yeah, I can see things like uh, chasing the sun around in the daytime. Like you know, got to move your chair to get that fucking sun because <laughs> when there's fucking sun now, you need to fucking embrace that shit. Oh my god, it's fucking you know half the fucking year it's just raining and for us right now it sucks because we've been waiting all year for this fucking beautiful weather and we can't even fucking enjoy it because we're getting stuck in our house you know sure and then by the time this thing lets up we're gonna be back into rain and sleet and snow you know so so it's like shit man we can't even really enjoy this year that we're having right now but at least we have our health and you know we got a place a roof over our head and some money trickling in you know, shit could be fucking worse, but you guys are able to get outside yeah. though, right? I mean, the social aspect yeah. of it is is fucked, but you know, hmm. yeah, we still the uh, you know there's spots to hike and stuff, and uh, 
we found this little cuddy area that's close to my crib that's a uh, you know water um bodies on both sides like the vancouver bay river going on this side and a slough going through this side so it's pretty dope and there's nobody out there it's just fucking desolate and seeing the earth right now loving all this lack of people running around and smog and all that other bullshit yeah you know trampling through its grass all the flowers and the greenery and the sky is so clear so it's fucking beautiful but yeah we, we still try and get out and do that or ride our bikes around town and kick it at the park and do a social distance drinking kind of jam you know sure 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 yeah it's a couple of buddies and stay way the fuck 10 feet over there. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, how's the art scene out there, man? Is they, are they, are they been good to you? Real dope. Um, I've done quite a lot of little shows out here and gallery events. And, uh, uh, there's a place called the good foot out here. That's really dope. And I've done a couple of big shows with like three, 400 people in there. Uh, the art artists out here are fucking amazing. There's mm-hmm. badass artists out here everywhere tons of creativity out here so and there's murals all over the place i've done a couple murals with like colossal media and did a mural out here with them nice Uh, done some stuff with nike out here and uh you know a lot of little gallery shows tons of funky ones big graffiti kind of events that i've done out here so it's been cool it's awesome man yeah when i moved out here i had tons of uh friends and homies they were like hit up everybody that was out here and like the dj and art scene and mcs and stuff and like hey this is my boy dumper like he's moving out here help him out you know and so when i moved out here i got greeted with pretty open arms and shit and i end up started doing o-town on mondays up here nice so and that's like a faction collective we're in out of based out of the bay area mm-hmm. so we do that and i did that for a year out here and Ended up uh, stopping at pretty much a year to the date on that thing. And was kind of shopping around trying to find a little bigger venue to move into with a little better cash situation so I could bring some bigger acts out here. But, you know, financially it wasn't really working out. Sure. I was like spending more than I was making, paying all the DJs out. I'm like, all right, yeah. all the DJs got paid and I'm negative 200 bucks. <laughs> but it was packed. You know, but you're you're doing a no cover event and yeah. working with fifteen percent of a bar tab, you know, so so yeah, not very not very lucrative, but it was fresh. We did we did that for a year and uh I'm still trying to work on my, my dad rock night out here right now and fuck yeah. Pop that off here eventually with my boy Jim Mafood and my homie DJ ATM. He's out here from Arizona from back in the day, so mm-hmm. We're hoping to do that and maybe do a blunt club down the line. So, nice. Yeah. I'd like to do it. I'm just waiting for the right time and the right moment. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Now this thing happened and kind of threw a monkey wrench in here, but. <laughs> ah, the, the, we'll, we'll get back to where we need to be, man. And, yep. you know, a, 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 a persistent and prolific gentleman like yourself is, is going to have uh, no, no hard time at all putting a, a dope show together. Yeah. Yeah, we'll we'll make it happen down the line. Fuck yeah! So, uh, uh, one one last thing. I know you're busy. I don't want to keep you for too long. Uh, if you could commission a piece of art, and you have the the budget is limitless from any artist, alive or dead, mm-hmm. who are you hitting up, and uh, and why? Mm. I know that's fucked up because I didn't uh, I didn't preface that at all. Nah, <laughs> I, I can think of like so many people that have lots of crap. Um, I would probably go with uh, probably Dose One, man. Uh, really? Out of New York, yeah. Definitely always was a big influence when I was younger. I love his shit. Uh, I, it would be up there with him or these dudes called the Four Tool Brothers, but I'd mm-hmm. have to, if it was from them, I'd, I'd want like a big fucking art piece you know so yeah but yeah there's so many amazing artists out there i'm like uh, who would i choose <laughs> sure sure yeah, no, I, I, yeah. I, I knew that wouldn't be an easy one well um yeah. where can people uh where can people pick up your uh your pieces online and and where can they find you on social man on uh social uh it's at 
Dumplarock, D-U-M-P-L-A-R-O-C-K. And uh, that's my Instagram. And uh, I pretty much post most stuff that I'm selling on that. Um, I have like some art and stuff on Redbubble. Mm-hmm. Um, if you look Dumper, Dumplarock up on Redbubble or um, I think there's a couple other little websites, but I had on Redbubble, I have like, you can get my stuff on duvets and sure. uh, like weird things, coffee mugs and weird shit like shower that. Shower curtains. <laughs> yeah, shower curtains. I have an ill shower curtain in my bathroom right now. It's like the whole thing is a big piece of mine. It's pretty nice. Sick, but, but yeah, you know, like if you want some, some niche stuff that I only put out on that stuff, I have that. Um, but yeah, most stuff that I paint something, it's there. Um, this weekend, I'll be painting on the academic pandemic thing. Um, that'll be on Zoom. If you follow my Instagram page, you can see it on that. Or if you follow Adam Dumper on Facebook, I'll have it posted on that too on Facebook Live. But nice. And, and you're, you're cool. hooking up with uh, Mafu for that as well, right? Yeah, yeah. I'll be Jim Mafu, me. And they have like fire dancers and uh, they have comedians. My buddy Colby K from Phoenix is uh, kind of like a life coach. They'll be doing some uh, like a 10 minute little thing on there trying to get you on your track with your life. Um, there's dancers, DJs, like all kinds of shit. I think there's 20 artists and there's people from all over the world. So it's pretty wild. You can go into Zoom and check different rooms. And they'll highlight people and you can chat like, Hey, I want to buy that painting or whatever. So oh, it's pretty dope, man. That's yeah. super yeah, cool. Yeah. That's super cool. I'm definitely going to tune into that. Well, thank you so much thank for you. being on the show, man. Thank you, my brother. I know you got good a lot food. going on. Yeah. Appreciate it, man. Thanks so much. Yeah. Good to be had on your show, man. Appreciate it. Uh, anytime brother. It was really good catching up with you. You too, brother. I like pretty things. I'm a simple man. Really? I'm just a simple man. I like pretty things, I like funny things I like my hi-hats on eight notes Basic, don't double up the flow I ride the beat, you chase it In the sea straight with the lemon squeeze to quench Sounds from the town, they pound with intent Experiment with this like it's different